0: Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. A witness in the Nuremberg war crime trials that followed World War II told this astonishing story. Having escaped the gas chamber, he hid for a time in a grave in a Jewish graveyard in Poland. In a grave nearby a young woman gave birth to a baby boy, assisted by the 80-year-old gravedigger. When the infant uttered his first cry, the old man cried out, great God, hast thou finally sent the Messiah to us? For who else than the Messiah himself can be born in a grave? As shocking as it is, as devastating as it is, the birth of a baby in these unimaginable circumstances, born alive against all odds, born to the least of these, is an invitation to entertain the possibility of the holy. This morning, let's reflect on the power of seeing the holy in the unholy, or more excessively, on seeing the sacred in the ordinary. Thumbing through my old copy of Russian author Ivan Sergeyevich Turgenev's dreams, tales, and prose poems, I saw that I had marked this passage. A boy is standing in the midst of the congregation in a small wooden church, when a man comes up from behind and stands next to him. Gazing up, the boy believes the man to be Jesus. What sort of Christ is this, I wondered, a face like everyone's, a face like all men's faces. Such an ordinary, ordinary man. It can't be but I hardly turned my eyes away from this ordinary man when I felt again that it really was none other than Jesus standing beside me. And suddenly, I realized that just such a face, a face like all men's faces, is the face of Christ. Our faith tradition rests on the affirmation of the worth and dignity of every human being. And this, my friends, is actually a spiritual practice to which I commend you. The practice of looking and seeing and making the opportunity to remember, to be reminded that everyone is touched with holiness making your way through the aisles of a grocery store, let your eyes rest for a moment on someone and imagine that they are actually a holy person, a prophet or a saint put in your path to teach you something important. Find your heart. Now find the next person and the next repeat. The more unlikely, the better, from the guy behind the meat counter, to the person whose cart is blocking the aisle, to the woman in front of you in line at the cash register. Imagine every one of them infused with the sacred. Suddenly, everything has the capacity to shimmer. Everyone, everything, shimmering. Sacredness isn't a destination. We don't get there. We are there. Things don't become sacred until we make them that. We forget, but we can remember. And when someone might just save the world, we feel less irritated with them. The ancient Hasid said, if we always assume the one sitting next to us is the Messiah, waiting for some simple kindness, we will soon weigh our words and watch our hands. And if the Messiah chooses not to be revealed in our time, it will not matter. Here is my colleague, Reverend Anna Blade. Mercy, 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 she writes, what a world we are living in. What a season, what a time. So much brutality, so much beauty, so much viciousness, so much tender vulnerability. So much loss, so much love, so much devastation and destruction, so much delight, so much contempt, so much care, so much abuse of power, so much creative power pouring forth in stories and music and poems, so much pain, so much passionate blessedness, so much generosity. She concludes, our world is wholly a mess. Our world is shot through with holiness. Holding these dualities is a choice, a way of seeing and listening, a way of being and doing, a choice that we make over and over until we feel a change of heart. In his ordination to the Catholic priesthood, American Bishop Fulton Sheen made a vow to keep a holy hour every day, every day of his life, and encouraged everyone to do the same, a holy hour every day, or at least once a week. His would look different from ours, but the idea is enchanting. What would your holy hour look like? What would you do or not do? Opportunities to see the sacred in the ordinary or to transform an ordinary moment into a moment infused with sacredness are everywhere. This can be about praying with our hands and feet. Could we reach out to someone for whom we are grateful and thank them? Choose one thing to which we want to give our full attention. Clean up a mess, even if we didn't make it. Rather than using the lens of seeing the sacred in the ordinary, physicist and philosopher Karen Bard suggests we look for the opportunities for justice Justice, she says, which entails acknowledgement, recognition, and loving attention is not a state that can be achieved once and for all. There are no solutions. There is only the ongoing practice of being open and alive to each meeting, each interaction, so that we might use our ability to respond, our responsibility to help awaken, to breathe life into new possibilities of living." Justly. Justly. In 1941, Thomas Kelly, a Quaker, wrote, our lives grow too complex and overcrowded. Even the necessary obligations that we feel we must meet and grow overnight, like Jack's beanstalk, we are weary and breathless. In regret, We postpone till next week or next year that deeper life of unshaken composure in the Holy Presence, the life where we sincerely know our true home is. We postpone for this week, this day, this hour is much too full. And we know and regret that our life is slipping away with our having tasted so little of the peace and joy, and serenity, we are persuaded life should yield to a soul of wide caliber." When Peter Fleck, my beloved friend and colleague of blessed memory, was a student in Amsterdam, he attended a high school in which improbably there were a number of beautiful stained glass windows. His favorite had the Latin words, hic insipit vita nova, inscribed on it, here begins the new life. Peter passed that window at least twice a day, and it got to him. He found its exalted message inspiring and compelling, here begins a new life. But it made him crazy that it had been mounted at the landing of a stairway. He wondered, did he really want to begin the new life in this inglorious location? And then he said one day he realized that a new life can begin in any place at any time, in passing, as it were, without fanfare. The sacred is in the ordinary. If you listen to any European classical sacred music, you have more than likely heard a setting of one of the earliest hymns, the Magnificat, the song of Jesus's mother, Mary. The text is drawn from just a few lines in the first book of Luke. It begins, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God. Mary is ecstatic at the privilege of giving birth to Jesus and looks forward to his transforming the world. The humble will be uplifted and the hungry will be fed. I read a description of a group of Christian students reading these verses together one evening. They heard, they said, longing, anticipation, that feeling of sadness you get when you don't know how history will turn out, world weariness, naivete, love. Mary sings of spirit, wild and creative chaos, a spirit who makes a way out of no way, makes a way through us, with us, in us, when we cannot imagine a way forward. It is rarely, if ever, the way we would have predicted. It is rarely, if ever, a way that keeps us comfortable. Mary sings of justice, mercy, revolution. And why, you might be wondering, was I reading about the Magnificat? What caught my attention was that over the centuries, it keeps getting banned. In the 1940s, as British rule was ending in India, the Archbishop of Canterbury banned British missionaries from reading it in public or singing it in church. Those who had been colonized were rising up, and Mary's song was providing courage to the resistance, a huge threat to colonial power. In the late 1970s, when mothers of the Plaza de Mayo, whose children had disappeared during Argentina's Dirty War, began to display posters throughout the Capitol Plaza with the words of the Magnificat. The military junta outlawed all public displays of Mary's song. And in the 1980s, the US-backed Guatemalan government also banned it. By their lights, it was exalting God's preferential love of the poor, a dangerous idea that might lead the poor to believe that change was possible. That's much too dangerous. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God. Or we might say, my God, my soul glorifies the spirit of love, service, justice, and peace, and my spirit rejoices in love. So dangerous, so dangerous. Powerful. What is holy is not somewhere else but here. Not some other time but now. And it can happen not just to someone else, but to us. American author Annie Dillard wrote, there were no formerly heroic times. There was no formerly pure generation there was no one here but us chickens and so it has always been a people busy and powerful knowledgeable ambivalent important fearful and self-aware a people who scheme promote deceive and conquer who pray for their loved ones and long to flee misery and skip death it is a weakening and discoloring idea that rustic people knew god personally once upon a time or even new selflessness or courage or literature, but that it is too late for us. In fact, the absolute is available to everyone in every age. There never was a more holy age than ours, and never a less. She continues, there is no less holiness at this time, than there was the day the Red Sea parted, or that day Ezekiel saw visions of God. There is no whit less enlightenment under the tree by your street than there was under the Buddha's tree. There is no whit less might in heaven or earth than there was the day Jesus said, Maid, arise to the centurion's daughter, or the day Peter walked on water, or the night Muhammad flew to heaven on a horse. In any instant, the sacred may wipe you with its finger. In any instant, may the sacred wipe us with its finger. Beloved spiritual companions, our world is wholly a mess. Our world is shot through with holiness. May we practice seeing the sacred in the ordinary, practice holy hours of transforming ordinary moments into moments infused with sacredness. Here begins the new life. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart, and namaste. I honor the divine in you. From Unitarian Universalist Religious Educator Sophia lyons foss we pause in reverence before all intangible things. That eyes see not, nor ears can detect, that hands can never touch, that space cannot hold, and time cannot measure. Fling wide the windows, O oh my soul. The bright beams of morning are warm. Let us keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen.